Welcome to Wine, Women, and Writing, everyone. I'm Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and I have no Wine, Women, and Writing for you today. Instead, I've got mescaline and mystery, shall we say, as we're going to um, jump out of our talking about female characterization mode and um, go go all um, all thriller all the time with Rebus Wortham here in a moment. We're still going to um, probably have a little oversharing, a little uh, irreverence, maybe some profanity, barking dogs, I don't know. So it'll be a normal show in those respects. Um, if you want to catch past episodes, go out to my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. You can see past episodes. You can also see upcoming episodes so you can read along. I hope you've read Hawks War in preparation for today. And I also hope you managed to snag the short-term deal on Livewire, the trilogy lead for my Maggie books right now, um, so that you can run the table and get up to dead pile with the rest of us. So with no further ado, I want to welcome a very patient um, man, Revis Wortham, to the show. Welcome, Revis. Well, good morning. Thanks for inviting me. And then Technology defeats us all, and I'm the world's worst at it. And you'll you'll know that when you read my Sunny Hawk book. Sunny Sunny has all kinds of trouble with technology, and you know the reality bleeds over into fiction. <laughs> well, um, it, for those of you that are now dying with curiosity, we've had all kinds of technical problems getting here, and right now I've got in May nine inches of snow falling outside our mountain cabin, but we still are soldiering on and have great connection, um, and. Part of our problem, I think, had to do with an orange, something about an orange in a destroyed laptop. Well, it, it wasn't a whole orange. It was one little bite of a slice. I was working. My wife handed me a, a bite. and I, I, I chomped into it and one drop shot out, hit the finger pad and went down inside the, the little seam and, and fried the whole thing. So I had to carry it in and get it repaired. But we got it back and they didn't have to replace the computer. And that's a good thing because I, everything that's on there would have been lost. I'm afraid. <laughs> That would have been bad. Are you in the middle of working on um, a new Sunny Hawk book for us? Oh, I am. I'm on the downhill slide. I'm uh, at, the, at the tail end of the third act, so I should finish at the end of this month. And, you know, when you hit the climax, uh, it all starts moving really fast. And I, I back up all the time because I lost an entire novel once uh, after, oh I completed, yeah, after I completed it. So I, I back up regularly. I, I wasn't going to lose the work, but I was going to lose all the stuff that I had saved on the desktop. That's like a writer's worst nightmare. I email to myself like a million times a day. That's so that it's constantly going, to, not even to a cloud, but to my email account sent and received. Exactly. <laughs> I've only lost a hundred pages at a time, but it's still, it's such a gut punch. It just, it's the worst. Well, the, the other thing you don't want to do is one time I was doing the same. I still do the same thing. I, I send myself uh, emails with the, with, the manuscript at that point but once when I uh, had moved it around <clears throat> I needed to go back and, and get working the next day well I pulled up uh, a version like a week or two earlier and so I'm working along and all of a sudden I said well this doesn't make sense and then I realized all those changes that I'd made for, for an entire day were on the wrong manuscript so then you print that off and then you go back and try to find out where you'd gone wrong if, if, it, if it can happen I think it has happened to me <laughs> so what I'm hearing is you're not an IT guy you're not an like a, you know a computer guru <laughs> well, absolutely not give me a hammer and a saw and I'm fine you know but uh, don't give me technology because I'm not good with it <laughs> oh man that's bad well um so when I when I do these shows I was telling you it's a lot like Pamela's personal book club and if you've ever been 
associated with a book club. They're basically drinking clubs. So if in fact it were a okay time of day, I'd probably be having something from Coltisca Distillery. What about you, Revis? Have you ever been, you ever been in a drinking club before? Uh, I mean, you know, club. <laughs> well, yeah, I have been in a drinking club. It's called being an author. And that's what, that's what so many of us do. I, I tell everyone, if you want to be an author, if you want to meet one, go to a conference and then go sit down at the bar because everybody's going to come, whether they drink or not, they're going to come through the bar. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm at home with, with book clubs and with, uh, with groups of writers. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the truth. What would Sonny Hawk be drinking? I'm trying to remember from Hawk's, we didn't really get to see any, any drinking in Hawk's War because pretty much it was trouble for, from Sonny from page one <laughs> till the end. It's always trouble for Sonny. He's a, he's a trouble magnet and he can't help himself. He's also impulsive, which causes other problems. You know, if you're, if you're a Texas Ranger and, and you're, you're dealing with things, impulsiveness gets you in trouble. But Sonny's a, uh, he, he's a coffee drinker. The first book, Hawk's Prey, we, we meet the whole crew at, at the local cafe and they're, they're drinking coffee. And I'm, you know, I drink coffee to excess in the mornings and then it's iced tea in the afternoons or something else until the evenings. Yeah, I tend to be coffee in the morning and tea in the afternoon, uh, although today started really early. I was so excited to get up and watch um, the May snow falling, praying, of course, that the weatherman was wrong, but I've been drinking coffee since 4 a.m. Um, so now, this is not your first series. Your first series, the Red River Mysteries, and now the Sunny Hawk Thrillers, what it caused you to add Sunny Hawk to your repertoire, to your library of books? How well, uh, I had been, I'd, as you said, I'd been writing the, the Red River books since 2011 and, and they were doing well, but it was with a small press. I'm still with them. Uh, Poison Pen Press out of Scottsdale. They gave me a series and got me started, but they, they, had, they also admitted they couldn't get uh, me out to the, to the market the way a, a, a bigger publisher could. And so I was talking to my agent uh, up in New York and she suggested that I write a new series and, and create a new character. And, and speaking of Craig Johnson, that's the funny thing. I was up in, in uh, Colorado Springs about that time. And it was one of those nights up there it was snowing. Uh, I was in the spring at a convention and I'm in, I'm in the, uh, in the, in the, the bar area, of course, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning. By that time they had taken the bar away from us. We were just all sitting in a circle talking and Craig Johnson was there. Lou Diamond Phillips was there. Uh, Jeffrey Deaver, John Gilstrap, my running buddy and uh, Sandra Brandon. I don't know if you know Sandra, she's a wonderful author. We're all sitting around just talking and, and, and I was trying to come up with an idea and I had one and I, threw it out to the group and they all said it was a brilliant idea. It was, it was wonderful. Go write that. Well, the next week I come home and I call my agent and she says, okay, pitch me your story idea. And I pitched her that idea that Craig and everybody else liked. Uh, and she said, no, that's not going to work. Give me another <laughs> idea. Well, I really didn't have one, but I had something in the back of my mind. So I threw that out at her and she goes, oh, Rev, that's not good either. She goes, I know what you're doing. You're, you're pitching the, your, your two worst ones first. Now go ahead give me your best idea. I had no idea. I had <laughs> nothing at all, but we were playing a trip to the Big Bend region and, and I had a map there. And I said, well, how about me setting a contemporary a series out in the Big Bend region of Texas? And it's pretty rugged out there. If you, if, if your, your viewers don't know, it's, it's pure desert. It's, it's rough country, very dry. And um, she said, well, I like that idea. Who's your protagonist? Well, she said that that was a word that I don't use very often, you know, you know, the, my hero or whatever. But I said, well, my, my protagonist is going to be and I stopped. I, just, I had no idea. But I looked down and there was a book that I was reading uh, called One Ranger. And it was about Texas 
most famous contemporary Texas Ranger, Joaquin Jackson. And so I said, well, how about a Texas Ranger? She thought that was great. And then she said, well, what's going to happen? And I had, I had no idea because <laughs> I hadn't even thought about it. But I knew that there was a courthouse there that people went to see because it was an iconic courthouse. And so I said, well, how about if, and the TV's on, I got my TV on, and, and I looked over, and, and they were talking about terrorism, of course, on, on the news. And I said, well, how about if terrorists take over a courthouse in Big Bend, Texas, uh, out in Alpine? Uh, how does that work? And she goes, well, that's great, but why are they taking over a courthouse in Big Bend? And again, I have no earthly idea. And I said, well, and, and I said, uh, maybe they want to prove that nothing is safe in this country. And they've made the mistake of, of taking over a courthouse in Texas, you know, and, and, and you know what Texas is like. Every, you know, they, everybody has a gun is what people will say. I, and so uh, I said, well, the town fights back. And our Texas Ranger who's in the courthouse is locked in with them and they don't know he's there. And so the whole idea of the first book of the Sonny Hawk thriller series was uh, was off the cuff just like that. And that became Hawk's Prey. And then she sold the, the series to Kensington Publishing. And Kensington said, well, this is good. Let's give you a three-book contract. And they said, well, Red, what's your second book? And I have no earthly idea. But, you know, I, we'd been down there after that. So I'd seen the country, and, and I got an idea that, that the first one wasn't completely finished. The bad guys that had taken over the courthouse, of, of course, lose the battle, lose the war against the Texans. But at the same time, um, they're after Sonny to make him pay. And so right. they, they ambush him uh, while he's investigating a, a, a murder in Big, in Big Bend's National Park, uh, an intentional murder that, was, that they killed three people and allowed one to get away so that they could draw Sonny in. And, and so the ranger's down there, and then they ambush him. And it, at that point, it becomes uh, an old-fashioned old, old Western. They're out, they're out in the desert. Sonny's right. on the run. The bad guys are after him. And that book came out last year. And it was it was uh, nom it was nominated for a Spur Award and it won the Spur Award for the Western Writers Association for the best mass market paperback in westerns, and I realized that all of a sudden I am writing westerns now, and so yeah that, that now now I'm being marketed as a contemporary western thriller writer. So that's it that's is, how it's bizarre how it worked out, but that's how I backed into everything else in my life. Why not this too? I was going to say, in addition to being an IT guy, you're a real planner, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no plan. Well, that's the way I write. I don't even plan when I sit down. I, I have I, I, to, to write that second book. I just sat down and I had the, the murder happen and I had no idea why those people were being shot. When I, I don't outline, I don't plan. It's like you're writing there and I'm seeing it come up on my screen. Yeah, That's like a movie in your head. And so do you ever get to the end and realize that you're going to have to go back and change some of the movie because it's just not working? Or do you just push it till it pieces <laughs> I push it till it breaks. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it, it actually works out. I have not had a, a problem to this point with, with things not working out. Somewhere in my subconscious, there's, there's a little guy back there tapping it out and planning what's going to happen somewhere up down the road. The one I'm working on right now is, is working out just fine. I've had to go, you know, I had to go back and tweak it just a little bit to put characters in the right place. But uh, just for example, I was, uh, my, my uh, Sonny Hawk's driving a car. He's back down in, in Mexico, down in uh, Cahula, Mexico. He driving. just can't get enough trouble. He just he can't. can't get, yeah, no, he's getting in trouble. He goes and buys coffee 
if he goes to Starbucks, he's going to get in a shootout. That's <laughs> not a problem. Even though Starbucks will allow guns and and, and there somebody's going to have one around somewhere, and he's going to run into it. But uh, he he's driving down this road and it's nighttime and he has someone in the car with him and of course I don't know what's happening and he comes up to this dirt road that veers off and he's following another car. Well, I thought they were going to veer off and do something else and the next thing I know it's an ambush by cartel members. So I just kind of follow it along and I'm just as surprised as the readers of what happens. There's a twist in this one that I didn't see coming and I can't wait to see how it's going to work out at the end. This may be one of those things where you're talking about that little end out there that's going to be dangling. I, I hope it wraps up because if it doesn't, I'm going to, have to go strip about half, half the plot out to see what, it's going to, what I can do to fix it. But, but isn't it, that the most fun though, when something takes you by surprise and it just feels so good. You're just like, yes, yes, yes. And you just follow it. You chase it down the page. You, you chase it down the page. And when it tie, when it all ties together at the end, you sit back and you go, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's what was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. You, you almost can't take credit for it as a writer because it's like it's like you're saying you're watching it on the screen or it's playing in your head and you're just scribing you're just you know it's like wow somebody's telling me the story from another world or something that's exactly <laughs> how it is it's just like i'm reading it uh, for the first time and and of course you know how we all are we read and reread and, and edit and, and go back and change it so many times but that first time is fresh and it's new and it's it's fun when you get to i never expected that in in this new career here you know i I didn't know that was going to happen. So tell me about your past career. What, what the leap, the leap from old, old Revis to new Revis. Oh, well, the, the old Revis was, uh, I, 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 I just retired in 2011, just retired. That's been a long time. hadn't it? I retired in 2011 from a 35 year career in public education. I taught school for 10 years. Uh, and then I moved into administration and, uh, I was in the communications public relations department of the, the ninth or 10th largest school district in the state of Texas at the time. And wow. we had, uh, we had a lot going on. I was the guy that was going on on camera when things went bad or, or I was trying to promote the school district when things were going good. And so it was, it was a great career. I retired, uh, from there, after, I was the director of communications for the last four years before I retired. But then during all that time, <clears throat> I'd always wanted to be a writer, like all of us writers. You know, we always had that that itch to write. And I had that for years. I was trying to get published, wasn't, couldn't get anybody to pay attention to me. You know, st the stack of rejection slips. You may not have had it, but I had a stack of reje rejection slips as tall as my wife. And so oh. you know, I, I wasn't getting anywhere, but I decided I was going to try to write newspaper columns. And I jotted a newspaper column down one day while I was in one of those meetings that I didn't need to be at, but I was required to be there anyway. And I was bored and my, the, a lady sitting next to me was writing. And, and I said, what are you, you're not taking notes. I know that this is not what we're, we're not supposed to be here other than just to occupy chairs. And she said, well, I'm writing the newspaper column. And I said, well, congratulations. I didn't know you were a columnist. She says, I'm not. She said, but uh, uh, from the, all the crap I'm seeing in the newspapers, anybody can write. And I said, no, it doesn't work that way. It's hard to get in. She goes, well, I'm going to get published. I said, I've been trying to be published for years. And she says, well, I'll make it before you do. And that kind of made me mad. And so I, I wrote my first newspaper column and sent it to the, the hometown paper where all my folks are from up in Paris, Texas. And uh, sent it by snail mail. Remember those days when you'd type oh, it yeah. in? This was 1988. <laughs> I typed it up and printed it on a tractor drive. I don't know if you remember those old tractor oh, drives. Gosh. Oh, it was terrible. 
and I mailed it to uh, to them, and they called me two days later and and bought the column, and then gave me a contract to be their outdoor humor columnist in the Paris News, and from there it expanded. At one time, I was in over fifty newspapers in the state of Texas doing a, a syndicated newspaper column, uh, and so and I'm still writing for the Paris News today after all 30, 31 years now. Yeah, so That's it's. it's them. It's been a long time still doing that in magazines, but that was my springboard into writing the novel, start, you know, beginning, beginning to be a novel writer, an author. And your Red River books were set closer to that area, right? They were um, more towards east, northeast Texas? They are, Is yeah. They're, exactly. Northeast Texas, up on the Red River, uh, north of Paris, Texas, and the that river bottom area up in there, the border area. But I said the first book was set in 1964. So they're historical mystery thrillers. And uh, they follow a, a family up there. <clears throat> this is based on my granddad, who was a constable back in the, back in the 60s and 70s. He'd been a constable for years. And so I heard those old stories growing up at the store, you know, the old country store. That was a precursor to Facebook. You know, everybody go to the store and get their information. <laughs> Uh, you don't do that anymore because they're all gone now. But uh, uh, I would hear the stories up there and took all those stories and wove them into the first few books. And now we're seven books into the Red River series and, and uh, talking about uh, an eighth book. Hopefully that's going to come up soon. So, you know, that, that series has been good to me also. Well, I love that. Um, I'm not surprised about that whole outdoor humorous thing, because one of the things that I loved most about the Sunny Hawk um, in Hawk's War was your really very vivid, um, powerful descriptions of the Big Bend area. And you and I were talking before we got on that Big Bend can be so inhospitable and so a character itself. You know, it determines <laughs> the outcome as much as a bad guy does. And I loved that. So now I'm not surprised to hear about that background. Well, thank you. You know, any any uh, any uh, uh, craftsmanship toward describing the area, the, the land and the country, a lot of it I have to give to a, a gentleman that, that I consider a friend I haven't met. We've talked on the phone. I've interviewed him, Mr. James Lee Burke. He His descriptions have stuck with me through the years. And so I, I kind of learned part of that craft from reading Mr. Burke's work. I loved it. I really did. And I also loved, and I'm blanking out on her name now that we're sitting here talking, you had a female, um, really badass um, uh, Hispanic woman in the book um, that was had a male partner. Why can't I remember her name? But I love Yolanda her. Rodriguez. Yeah, thank you. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my gray matter is uh, betraying me. But I loved her. She had so much spunk, and um, it just—it was a really, really fun book. So for you guys that haven't read it yet, uh, you would be picking up a Spur Award-winning book. And speaking of the Spur Award, are you going to be going to pick it up in person next month to Western Writers? I will. I'm going to Tucson and, and joining a bunch, a lot of of. of outstanding Western writers out there. This will be the first time that I've, I've I just recently joined Western writers since now I write contemporary Westerns. And go. so uh, we're going to go down there. My wife and I are going to go down and accept that award and, and, and kick around that part of the country and, and see some old friends that, that are part of that, uh, that uh, association and meet some new friends. Yeah, that's got to be a kick. Um, the Tucson area is beautiful too. So, and a great place to get ideas for contemporary Westerns. <laughs> It is, and we're gonna we're gonna go down to Old Tombstone. We've been there before. I want to go down and, and see Tombstone again, walk the streets, and then I have this after the after the uh, 
um, the convention. We're going up to Scottsdale. Uh, I'm doing a signing up there at the Poison Pen Bookstore uh, on, on the day after the and don't ask me the dates because I can't remember it right offhand, but we're going to be up there right after the convention and, and, and do a signing up there and then head back here toward Texas where it's going to be nice and hot and humid. Yeah, nice and hot and humid. And you're up there in that Dallas area where it is humid. Oh, yuck. I, I can't say much. When we're in Texas, we're near Brenham and it is a thousand percent humidity, which oh, is. Well, you, yeah, you understand when you look outside and you can see the moisture in the air. And that's what it's like today. Yeah. Exactly, which is why we come up here for the summer, as I'm looking right. out on 10 inches of snow. Summer, what's happened? <laughs> I got snowed out of Yellowstone one time in July. Oh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, when you're in the mountains, you have to be prepared at all times up there, as you well know. You, you really do. When my husband, who's from the Virgin Islands, first came up here with me, the first trip that I brought him up here, because I grew, grew up in this area as a kid. But I took for granted that, you know, I always had someone looking out for my preparation. Coming back as an adult with no one to, to um, <laughs> pack my bag, so to speak. We have gotten into some scrapes where we're like, we're really bad Wyoming ice. We're really bad. We're getting better. We do a lot of um, backcountry trail riding and hiking Ooh. and stuff. And you realize... You know, you're not going to see anybody for a few days. You really do have to be responsible for your own safety. And um, and it can be anything. It can be snowing in July. And the place that we have up here um, is an old B&B up on the face of the mountain. And, and they've had snow every month of the year here. So, you know, it's fun. It's very how's western. The, how's the fishing up there? Fishing is wonderful. It's wonderful. You've been up to this area, right? Oh. I spent a, a lot of time up in up in Wyoming. Uh, back in my previous life, I was in the summers when I wasn't working. I was acting as a freelance photographer, doing landscape photography, and so I was up there doing that and always fishing up in the from from where you are all the way up to the Yellowstone, the Tetons, and absolutely the Wind River Range. I, I I love all that area up there. And if I can get up there with a fly rod anytime soon, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a few lures wet. I can take get some flies out there. Well, hopefully you'll get some some chance to do something fun like this this summer and not just all collecting awards and going to do book signings. <laughs> that sounds well, like such hard work. <laughs> well, it is such hard work. You know, it, 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 honestly, this is the first this is the first time I've, I've won an award for the, the Red River Series. And I'm really looking forward to standing in front of that group and accepting that award in front of people that I've read over the years. You know, that's the cool thing about being yes. a writer. I think you understand. Yeah, you, know, you read these folks and then all of a sudden you get to meet them and, and know what they, they're really like and become friends with some of them. And, you know, and, and, and speaking acquaintances with others, with others, it's just a, it, it's, it's a wonderful life and it's, it's fun. Yeah. I always say that I love writing the books. I love people reading my books, but I really love meeting the other authors. And that's the whole reason this podcast started was because I really love meeting the people that I read. I like to reach out and say, hey, I read your book, you know, let me, come be on my show so that we can get to know each other. It's, it's the very, very best. And to that end, Thank you for being on the show. I've enjoyed reading Hawk's War and I look forward to, I'm actually going to circle back and, and try Red River Mystery because I hadn't read one. Um, and keep posting those funny Facebook posts. I'm following you on Facebook now and you make me laugh. Thank you. I appreciate it. Facebook is fun and I meet a lot of people out there. We, we do the old timey word of the week or some, some things that just pop in my head. So we have a good time with it. 
Yep. It's, it's a great thing. It's like, um, it's, it's like you said, it's like the old general store. It's even in some ways like your own personal um, newspaper column. You get that kind <laughs> of ability to write your 300 words and see how people react. So if people want to find out more about Revis Z, Revis Z Wortham, um, your website is. What's w your yes. www.revisworthem.com. It's R-E-A-V-I-S the letter Z, Wortham, W-O-R-T-H-A-M.com. And you can find me, I have two Facebook pages. I have a personal page that gets most of the action right now. And there's an author page you can like. So come out there and join both of them. And, and if you come to, to uh, uh, any writer's conventions, look me up. I'll probably, me, Craig Johnson, and, and CJ Box, we all wear hats and you'll recognize one of us. <laughs> Well, they've all been on the show now. I've, all, I've got all three of you at this point. So um, for those of you out there that haven't read Hawks War, go give it a try and also pop out to my website where you can see the upcoming shows and get ready to participate um, in a meaningful intellectual way by having read the books ahead of time. But even if you haven't, just read them after. Um, Revis, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been fun. It's been my pleasure, Pamela. Thank you for, for, for wading through all the technical difficulties to get me here. I sure appreciate it. You're sure welcome. This has been a solely owned and copyrighted production of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, produced by the one and only awesome Pam Stack. I appreciate all of you being here. Tune in anytime. We'll be Wyoming, Texas, wherever, somewhere exciting to talk from. And uh, if you would, please go out and read a good book this week. I think I will. Bye, Revis. Thanks, Pamela. Appreciate it.